Cost is one of those things. I want you to understand that. A lot of people consider themselves Pentecostal. And you must understand what people begin to relate Pentecost is, is to a denomination. How many have ever heard it that way? And that is absolutely false. That is a false doctrine. Now, in the Old Testament, you can go in and you can find where Pentecost was one of the feast days, one of the seven feast days that they, that they um, um, celebrated. You go to the 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus and the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus, and it gives us, you know, the understanding that God was the one that commanded this. See, God does like celebration. God likes us to come together and to give him the glory and the praise. And that's what a lot of this was actually, that was the motive behind it, praise God, that the nation of Israel would never forget who God is. Amen. The, the nations around them, unfortunately, were involved in multi-God worship. And, and they would make gods out of everything. The, the Egyptians made a god out of the Nile River. You know, I mean, they would make gods out of the sun and the moon and all that kind of business. And you and I understand that there's only one creator. Come on, he's the one that created all of that. But why do we want to worship the river that he created when we can worship the one who created the river? Come on, that's what God wants to help us to understand all the time. Because in our world today, it's all about image. It's all about who's doing what, and you can trend and all of that kind of business. And here, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade, but some, what we need to do is we need to go back into the Holy Scriptures and find out what does this mean? What are we talking about here? So in the Old Testament, it was a feast. That's really what they celebrated. One of the seven feasts that they would. There was three times a year that God said, I want to see you know everybody here I want the whole congregation to come and of course that's surrounded around the feast of the Passover you know and then it's surrounded around the feast today which is the feast of Pentecost which can be actually replaced with the word the feast of weeks and then of course in the fall there was a feast of the atonement and so all of these things were significant about in and and had to do with what God had done but in the New Testament, God was beginning to do something different. Can somebody say amen? amen? That's what he'd begin to prophesy in the Old Testament. And you can go into the books of Isaiah and the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel and the book of Joel. And many of those um, prophets in the Old Testament begin to foretell that there was coming a time when God was going to do something that would literally sweep across the land in Jesus' name. And that's what you're sensing in here, by the way. Whether you realize it or not, that's what's happening. The Spirit of the Lord, which is omnipresent. You must understand, God doesn't have the limitations that you and I have. God can be in Rapid City and Gillette at the same time. God can be in New York City and Denver, Colorado at the same time. God can be in Australia, and he can be filling people with the Holy Ghost in Antarctica. He can be all over the world, and that's what his spirit encompasses, praise God. That's what makes this such a beautiful thing, is what's going on in this sanctuary here this morning is no doubtably going on in many, many, many sanctuaries all over this world right now. People are lifting their hands just like you did. They are believing that God, who is spirit, praise God is in the presence with them and they are believing him for their needs in the name of Jesus and I'm telling you right now that same God is here why don't you just lift up your hand right now come on why don't you just lift it up and begin to give him praise and glory oh hallelujah Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
And so hopefully this little piece of information here that I've given you today, I hope that you will take it home, stick it in your Bible, begin to read it, begin to understand, praise God, that Pentecost in the New Testament is not a denomination. What Pentecost is in the New Testament is an experience. Praise God. The experience of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Having something come into you that gives you the power and the ability, praise God, not only to overcome, but to, to rise above certain petty situations that you were caught in, just like I was, praise God. I'm telling you right now, that's what God wants you to understand. He's not trying to get you to be perfect so you can receive His Holy Ghost. He's trying to get you to get to a place where you believe Come on, if you believe that God is real, praise God, and that he has something for you, why don't you lift your hands and give God praise and glory? Come on, why don't we give him praise? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. And so today, hopefully before this service is over and as, as this service lingers in your life, you will have some materials, you will have some things in your hand and in your mind that will begin to help you to make sense of what's going on in Jesus' name. Because just like anything in the world, many things of, the, of, of, of God have been taken by the world and just used for their only good, praise God. I don't want to do that here today. I want to promote God. I want you to understand there's only one God. Can somebody say amen? amen? There's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And he came down here to help us to understand who God is and what he has intended for mankind in Jesus' name. And so this is what you see in the, in the New Testament. The New Testament began a new time, a new testament, a new covenant in which there are greater and greater and greater promises. And that's why when Peter, when he introduced the thought to the first crowd, and you can find four places, and if we have time today, we're going to go to all those places where people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. You see, that's where you also got to go. Now, I understand the New Testament, as far as our tradition is concerned, started with Matthew. If you look in your King James Version Bible, that's what it'll say. And I'm not here to bring disputation about that, but I'm saying that if you study the Scriptures, you're going to find out that the, that the New Testament didn't start until Jesus Christ died on the cross because the New Testament explains to us that there had to be the death of someone in order to initiate a brand new covenant. So we understand, just like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John are good books to read about the, the New Testament, we understand that, that it did not start until on the cross praise God. When Jesus shed his blood at Calvary, what that did was that opened up the door, praise God. And if you study those gospels, you're going to find that Jesus himself did a whole lot of teaching on the fact that there's a spirit that's going to be coming, that the Father is going to send it in his name, and that if you'll tarry in Jerusalem, praise God, and just wait, praise God, you will be endued with power on high. How many can give me a witness here today that you know exactly what I'm talking about? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, hallelujah. 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 And so I'm not here to bring intimidation because there's nothing intimidating about my heavenly father. There's just love. There's just kindness. There's just mercy, praise God. There's forgiveness. That's what God does for you and I. You and I are not, are not living during the day of vengeance. We are living during the acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean? Even though you and I don't deserve it, God pours out his blessings. Even though you and I do not deserve it, God 
pours out his spirit, praise God, upon all flesh. And what does that really mean? What that really means is God makes it available to whosoever will. That's what it is. God isn't going to force himself into you. That's another one of those, um, you know, misconceptions that people have, that God's going to come down here, he's going to grab us by the nap of the neck, throw us on the floor, and he's going to make us to serve him. That's not what God is going to do. What God is going to do is he's going to make himself available for all flesh. And so today, I hope that you will begin to, on your journey, your personal journey, to get the true understanding of what is Pentecost. What does Pentecost? cost mean to us? What is it supposed to do for me? And I hope that these questions will become answers in your life in Jesus' name. And there are many people in this room right now that you could talk to about it. You want to know why? Because we've experienced that. Praise God. We've experienced the things of God. We've experienced what God is doing in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, you know, a good place to start, especially in a day like today, is let's go back to the beginning. And I think the beginning is all always a good place to start. Can you say amen? amen? And so what you have in the New Testament is you have the four Gospels, which basically tell us about the life and time of Jesus Christ, the man, Christ Jesus, who came to this earth, was born of a virgin, praise God, and was, um, uh, was filled with God's Spirit, praise God, which gave him the ability to minister in a way that this world has never seen before. Before Jesus the world never saw it. There were comments, even some of his greatest critics, Jesus' greatest critics, would watch his ministry, and they would look at what he did, and they would say undeniably, hey, we've never seen it like this before. This man really does preach with authority. And so this is what the world is witnessing today, because Jesus as a man is not here. He's not going to come walking through those doors, praise God. But what Jesus promised was that if he would go away, that there would be a comforter that would come. And of course, this is what we're talking about, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And really, in the New Testament, that's what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost is about the experience that God made himself available, praise God, and prepared people for the place to where they could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Now, I sense in this room there are many of you who have already received the Holy Ghost, that you've already had that experience. But I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to help you. You need to let that experience become more prevalent in your life. Now, if you want to make that kind of a commitment, I want you to lift both of those hands right now and give the Heavenly Father permission. Come on, give him permission. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Come on, make it out loud. Don't be ashamed. Say, my father, I do believe in you. I am not ashamed of being filled with the Holy Ghost. It is one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. I am so glad, Lord God, that I know this, that you never took the Holy Ghost away from me. Even when I wasn't perfect, even when I didn't do everything just right, God, you never took that Holy Ghost from me. And so right now, Lord God, I want to yield to it more. Come on, I feel somebody's breaking through right now, right here in this place. Even though, Lord God, I haven't been perfect, you are perfect in the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, touch Lord God touch me touch me right now give me that inspiration that I need to lift up my hands on a regular basis and to yield to your Holy Ghost to yield to your spirit come on come on somebody right now come on that's good that's good mm. oh hallelujah
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. And so this is what we do. This is why we come together. And I'm not saying it has to happen the same way all the time. But the end game must be, praise God, that God, you have your way. That your spirit is not only in me, but now it can begin to direct me in Jesus' name. Praise God. Because in essence, I I taught this a few years ago. You know, God has made an offer to us that we should not refuse. I mean, he has made an offer to us in Jesus' name. But somebody says, well, where did it all begin? Well, and it's easy for you to go to the book of Acts, because after the four Gospels, that's the next book in the, in the, Old, in the New Testament. And this is where Jesus is handing off kind of the baton. That's what I look at. You see the very first chapter there is kind of, a, um, uh, it's, it's kind of an extension of, of, of the, Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And Jesus is there, and he's preparing to go bodily into heaven. And you can read this account for yourself. It's very inspiring. I wish I would have been there. If I had a time machine, I could get into this Bible and I could spend months just zooming back to certain times. Oh, I would love to have been there when Jesus fed the 5,000. Zoom! There I am, just kind of looking. Give me a chair here. I'm going to sit here and watch this whole thing happen. Praise God. I would love to have been there that day when Jesus walked up to that tomb and the guy had been dead for four days. And all they could think of, you know, the guy's going to stink. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus comes, the stink goes. And he called that man's name, and he uncovered that tomb, and here's a guy that was dead for four days, and he walks out of that tomb. I'd have loved to have been there, praise God. I don't know if there's going to be videos in heaven. I don't know if there's going to be CDs, the highlights of Jesus, or whatever the case is. I'm going to check them all out when I get there. Praise God. But another place I would have loved to have been is in that first chapter of the book of Acts. I'd have loved to have been there, praise God, listening to Jesus, encouraging his disciples, praise God, and helping them to understand, don't get the cart before the horse. Don't get the cart before the horse. And some people in this life, that's exactly what they do. I've done it many times, praise God. And what do you mean by that? They were concerned about the nation of Israel, and rightly so. And Jesus just shut them down and said, listen, that's not for you to worry about. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you. And so Jesus began to straighten them out and helping them, helping them to understand. Now listen to me today. Now this is for those of you that have not got the Holy Ghost yet. You've been trying to live for God. You've been trying doing the best that you can. You've been trying to do everything that maybe is within your power or what you know in the Bible. I'm not here to, 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 to say anything about that. But wouldn't you like some help? Praise God. I've had over the years, I've had people come and and want uh, help with their finances. And of course, you know, most of the time people come to me when when the bottom is there. You know, they don't come when they just made a million dollars in the stock market. You know, they come to me when they got $40,000 worth of bills that they can't pay. And I'm not here to be, you know, to, to make fun of that. I'm just saying, but one of the first questions that I asked them is I said, would you like help? And oh my goodness, you can almost feel the relief in them and sense the relief. And they'll say, oh yes. I said, then let's start preparing it, doing it God's way. Amen. And that's when I introduce them to something called paying tithes and giving offerings. This is the thing. Once we get God's help, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't take that help away. And if you're here today and you've been trying to live for God, you've been trying to do the best that you could in life, maybe you're online here today with us. And I'm going to tell you something. God understands that. But I also understand, because I've been there, I understand how frustrating that can be and how far from the mark I come at times. Now, come on, is somebody besides me willing to admit to that? 
come on, this is not a bad thing. This is the beginning. It's actually part of being repentive. God, I am sorry for depending on myself. God, I am sorry that I have taken on this huge project of trying to get to heaven all by myself. And God, I'm tired of that. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Can somebody give me an amen? Amen. And I'm telling you something, those are the right people. Those are the people that God can come into their lives, praise God, and begin to give them a little bit of a nudge. He doesn't have to drag them. He doesn't have to coerce them. He doesn't have to hit them over the head with a two-by-four. All he can say is, I'm here for you in the name of Jesus. And like me, you know, 40-some-odd years ago, I lifted up my hands and I began to speak in a heavenly language, not that I was seeking tongues, but all of a sudden I felt something in my life and a relief that I never felt before. Can somebody who's got that experience say amen? Amen. This is what we're talking about. Praise God. And that's why when you go to the book of Acts, this is where that phenomena begins on a wholesale basis. You go to the second chapter of the book of Acts, and you're going to find that it starts right off. Praise God. Put that up on the screen, would you, Jacob? Uh, Chapter number two and verses one through four. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. So they were gathered together in this upper room on the feast of Pentecost. This is when it happened. Pentecost was an absolute feast that was 50 days after the Passover. And so you got to understand, Jerusalem was buzzing. There were people that came from all over the world to be, praise God, in this feast. Why? Because I told you, in the Old Testament, God commanded them to come. This was one of the big three. Look at somebody and say, this was one of the big three. Yeah, this was one of the three times that God said, I want you here. Amen. And sometimes we go, well, why? Well, sometimes God will give you the why after you're obedient. I think I just hit a nerve right there. Amen. And so you and I must understand that being obedient to God is our first, our first step, being obedient to what he says. And that's why Jesus told them in the first chapter of the book of Acts, go back to Jerusalem and wait. Now, come on. Even somebody like me can understand that. Come on. Anybody can understand that. That was a very simple, simple directive. And so this is what they did. Those people went back to Jerusalem. They were waiting in an upper room. Some people can say, you can kind of follow the chronological order of this, and you can find it was probably about seven days later. And all of a sudden, here we are, seven days later. And the scripture says in verse number two, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. Come on, it says, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it says, and there appeared in verse number three, unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And look at verse number four. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. And they were all, come on, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There you are, my friend. That's not a denomination. Come on, that's not some church name on a building. That's an experience. And the thing that I want to point out is that every one of them that were obedient received what God said he would do. And I'm here to tell you that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're really hungry and thirsty for the things of God, you can lift your hand right now and you can get renewed in the spirit. You could receive the Holy Ghost the first time. Come on, somebody right now. Lift that hand up right now. Oh, yes. 
Come on, I'm telling you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is what it is, my friend. This is what Pentecost is. Pentecost is an experience, and it's an experience that God wants you to have. He's making you an offer that you should not refuse. Now, again, that's not me telling you you better or else. That's me telling you that he's, he's going to make that offer to every person in this world, praise God. One of my good friends that's kind of a, um, a contemporary of mine, he's pastoring a church down in Arizona right now. He got the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the Illinois Menard Prison, praise God. Nobody around, no organs playing. There wasn't any, any gun and any of this fanfare. He just lifted up his hands after he found out exactly what you found out this morning. He found out that Pentecost wasn't a denomination. He found out that Pentecost was an experience. And he lifted his hands and said, God, I want that experience. And I'm going to tell you something. There weren't prison doors. There weren't iron bars. Nothing could hold God back. That's what I'm talking about here today. You, God is making you an offer, praise God, that you should not, not refuse in Jesus' name. And so this is what God does. This is what he does, praise God. Now let me give you a little bit of a background about this, and maybe we'll get into some of the other experiences. But look at the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. And Paul is teaching a church who have received this experience. And they're struggling with it. They're struggling with it because I'm going to tell you something. When God comes into your life, amen, he's not going to just shove you out of the way and start taking charge. What has to happen is some give and take is that you have to be willing to let God get into the driving seat. You have to be willing to let God become in charge of your life. And that is not something that I can make you do any more than God will make you do. But I'm going to tell you something. Once you begin to experience not only the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but you begin to see and sense the power of God to come into your life to do things. And then the power that will come into your life not to do things. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It becomes a powerful thing that you want more. I want more. I want more. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Beautiful song that we sang this morning. Praise God. Amen. I need you, Jesus. Come on. That's what I need. I need the Lord to do this in Jesus' name. And so Paul is teaching them these things. And like most human beings, we struggle with this. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And he quotes in verse number 9 here from the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. That's really where he got this from. He said, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. He, he quoted from Isaiah 64 and 4. That's where he got it from. Paul wasn't making this up. He was saying, think about this. I have not seen neither ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them. And you go, oh, that's, that's, that's quite a statement. Yeah, I better probably read on. Yeah. Well, then he goes on to say, he says, but God. <laughs> and I like that. He could have stopped right there. Right. He could have just said, well, that's enough. God, God can do anything. Come on, how many's experiencing that? Amen. Come on, you're experiencing that God can do anything, right? Come on, you need to start telling some people about that, by the way. And the scripture says, but God hath revealed them unto us. How? By going to Harvard? By getting a 10-year degree in college? By working for 35 years and maybe have enough saved up then? No. 
God reveals these things. What things? The things that he has in store for us. How? By his spirit, praise God. For the spirit, God, searcheth how many things? Come on, folks. God's not a Democrat or a Republican or an independent, praise God. He's everything. And that's what the Holy Ghost will begin to do in your life. It'll begin to sort out some of the things that are in your life that only you and Him know. And God, who is a gentleman, He isn't going to force you to do it, but He'll start helping you to understand. First of all, there's things that are important and things that are not. And so we need this. And don't forget, how's He doing this? Come on, don't forget that. God has chosen a vehicle in these last days. And that's one of the things that was stated about Jesus, is that God chose Jesus, a man who was incarnated. What does that mean? God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself. And now that Jesus, who was prepared to die for the sins of the world and shed his blood, had already done what he was supposed to do. And then he rose from the dead, and he passes this baton unto the disciples. Guys like you and me. People who weren't perfect yet. People who didn't have it all down. People who needed to have more of God in their life, not perfect people. And that's the vehicle that God decided that he would, through the Spirit, praise God, begin to do things. Now look at verse number, number 10 there. It says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That's why I'm telling you before, that little piece of information I gave you today, you'd be surprised how many people don't have a clue. They think a Pentecostal is being part of a church being part of a, a church that's named Pentecostal. And today, you can, you can talk to a lot of people, and I'm not finding fault. I'm just telling you what it is that consider themselves Pentecostal. Come on. I'm going to ask you a question later on, but i got to reveal it now. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I think that is a good question to ask so-called Pentecostals. Once you can help them to understand that Pentecost is not a denomination. It's not some church that you join. It's an experience that comes from the heavenly realm, and only God can give that experience. But the good news is, is he wants to give it to everybody. Praise God. That's exactly what God wants to do. He's making this entire world an offer that they should not refuse. And so this is what God does. And then the scripture goes on to say, says, for what man, in verse number 11 there, knoweth the things of a man? I don't care the smartest person that's in this room right now. You don't know everything. In fact, you know very little. And I'm not putting you down any more than I'm putting myself down. I'm telling you of a truth. That's one of the problems with this world, is we sometimes think we're smarter than God. And boy, what a foolishness. And so the Bible says, what, what, what man knows these things, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. What does that mean? That means God isn't just going to hand this out to churches. He's going to hand this out to individuals. If you really want to know how God operates, if you really want to know how he wants to do it in your life, you're going to have to go to him, praise God. I'm not saying that God doesn't use me or anybody else in this church, but I'm going to tell you something. There's one source. There's one God. I'm going to tell you something. God is the one that wants to reveal these things to you. And that's why I wonder, why don't we go to him? Right. Amen. 
And so the scripture goes on to say, it says in verse number 12, now again, you must understand, 1 Corinthians is talking to people who already on the most part received the experience. It's not talking about people who haven't yet. And so it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So now you see the motive behind it. God wants to pull the curtain back. God wants to literally begin to, to give something to you that you could never get from this world. And that's why my empathy goes from me into this world. And many of you who are sitting here today, I can understand the frustration that you have trying to seek out some of the deep things of life, trying to know what's going on. And what you're doing is you're trying to get that through people who haven't got a clue any more than you got. And so this is what you and I must back up. And we must reconsider. Come on, I'm asking somebody here seriously to reconsider your walk with God here today. Throw everything you used to know out the window and start allowing God to come into that window right now and begin to bless you. Come on, somebody lift their hands right now. Come on, I feel a hunger in this place. There's no question about it. Come on, come on, somebody here, you could break out in tongues right now. Don't be ashamed of your experience, saint. Come on, there's too much of that. Mm. We should never be ashamed of what the Lord has done for us. Come on. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of what the Spirit of the Lord has done. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, yes. Yes, have your way here. Come on. I feel there's a breakthrough in this place. Somebody here, you need your... God can melt your arrogance. God can get rid of that pride. God can get rid of that stubbornness. All of that kind of stuff that comes from the flesh. Come on, because this is not going to to appeal to your flesh. This is not going to appeal to your flesh. This is the Spirit of God that wants to get a hold of your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, he wants to get a hold of your spirit. That's what he wants to do. And he isn't gonna, he isn't gonna force himself in, ma'am. He is not gonna bust down the door, sir. He isn't gonna do that. Come on, come on, somebody right now, you're right on the verge in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, speak that word out that God has given to you right now. Come on, let it flow through you like rivers of living water. That's good. Come on, I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And so the scripture teaches us praise God. In the book of Corinthians here, it says that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And then it goes on to say, it says in verse number 14, it says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, hopefully you'll begin to see what the problem is is that we try to discern these things through natural means. We try to educate ourselves enough in this world that we'll know the things of God. And you understand, I hope you can, but do you understand what an impossibility that is? That you and I serve an omnipresent God, an omnipotent God, an omniscient God. What does that mean? God is everywhere. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. Listen to me, folks. You don't get it any bigger than that. 
And so this is the God that has made an offer to you that we should not refuse. Whether we understand it or not, listen to me, folks. That Sunday night after I was baptized on a Thursday afternoon, nobody there. I was, I was just the pastor and myself. And I was baptized in Jesus' name. I felt the presence of God when I came out of the water. He told me I'd receive the Holy Ghost. And just based upon that, I went to services on a Sunday. First time I'd ever been in a service like this. And they told me I was going to get the Holy Ghost, and so I'm going to believe them. And so Sunday night, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to tell you something, folks. I have never, ever been the same since that. Now, that didn't make me a perfect person. What that did was that made me an aware person. See, you must understand God consciousness, consciousness is what he wants to bring into your life. Paul told the, the Thessalonian church, he said, I pray by the peace of God that your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved unto the coming of the Lord. And so you must understand, not to confuse the issue, but you and I are made up of many parts. We are made up of a body, which is our flesh, which is very in tune to the world that you and I live in. Our flesh, or our, our, uh, our, our, our flesh makes us world conscience. Can you say Amen. That's why you can watch CNN, you can go to, uh, to a work area, and you can experience all kinds of things. And then you and I are built with a soul. And the soul is kind of different, praise God. It's a collection agent is really what it is. I don't know what it looks like, but I know how it functions. It's where the intellect, it's what you really, really, really believe is in that soul. And the soul makes you eternal conscious, you understand, nobody had to explain this to you. You didn't go to school for this, but you know you're going to live after you die. You know that, folks. And you can lie to yourself. You can go ahead and, and watch about a half a dozen stupid Hollywood mo uh, movies and give you some other stupid ideas. But the, the fact of the matter is, God made you and I a living soul. And so we have a place within us, all of us do. That we can collect the things of God, we can collect the things of the world. That's why one of the things that took more time than even my flesh was the healing of my soul. Because even though I, I received the Holy Ghost when I was 22 years of age, I had collected a lot of garbage. I had depended on the world. And so for that first year, year and a half, God was helping me to throw things out. Throw things out of that soul and help me to start collecting the things of God. Can somebody say amen? I'm talking to somebody right now. That's exactly what's happening to you right now. You're not spinning your wheels. Come on, you come to every service you can. You get involved in every prayer meeting you can. You read your Bible every time you get an opportunity and you'll start to collect the things of God in your soul. Oh, somebody lift up their hands right now. Come on, God wants to heal the soul. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you right now, that's what God does through His Spirit. He heals, He delivers, He restores. Come on to that right relationship. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the last thing is your human spirit, praise God. The Bible says that one thing he did different with Adam and Eve. Go ahead to the back of the book. In the book of Genesis, he breathed into them the, you know, the spirit of life. What that meant is they became God conscious. That's what happened. And at the fall, when that fall was happening, when they sinned and they disobeyed God, what happened was that was what was broken. 
that spiritual dimension. And that's why God spent a whole Old Testament telling people that I'm preparing for this. I'm going to restore not only your soul, but I'm going to restore your God conscience. And that it took me a long time, folks. It took me years to figure this out. What was happening to me? All of a sudden, man, I was reading the Bible, and the Bible just seemed different to me because God was opening up my eyes. What was that? God had helped me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he will help you to become God conscious. That's what he wants to do. That's why the scripture says the natural man cannot receive the things of God. It's impossible. I don't care how many degrees you get. I don't care how much money you make in the stock market. You're never going to receive the things of God that way. You must get them directly from him. That's what he's doing. That's what Pentecost is all about. It's about restoring a God consciousness to a world that doesn't have it. A world that is making it up on a rampant basis. Come on, folks. People are worshiping cars. People are worshiping football teams. People are worshiping baseball teams. I'm not being critical, folks. I'm telling you how it is. And those people cannot save them. Those people can't even help them. They can only give them a temporary high. That's all it is. But God wants to come. And he wants to come into your life, praise God. This is what Pentecost is. It's not a denomination. It's an experience. And it's an experience that lives on. It doesn't just one and done it. It comes into your life. And if you will allow it, praise God. I'll never forget, I did a little experimenting for the first month I was in the church. You can call me what you want, but praise God, I'm not going to just take your word for it. And so when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, yes, there was an evidence of speaking in other tongues. But man, as soon as I walked out of the church door, I could feel the difference. That's why I just wanted to rent, rent a pew. I'm serious. I said, I'll just live up here. Man, this, I really feel the Spirit here. But you know, the thing that was happening, praise God, was I was beginning to see the difference. And some of you who have been to other churches... Come on, I'm not picking on denominations. I'm just telling you, they don't have it for you. I'm here to tell you, praise God, you know the difference. Even in your doubtful way, you have, you've experienced something in this place here today that you're never going to be the same again. You're ruined. I'm going to tell you right now, praise God, that's the truth. And I do that in a very kind way because there's only one spirit. There's only one baptism. There's only one faith. There's only one God. There's only one word. I'm telling you folks, there's not 10 or 15 different versions out there. There's interpretations of that one version. But it's the Spirit of God that will come into your life, praise God, that can begin to make a difference. And it's not an overnight sensation. It is something that you have to become comfortable and confident, the two C's. Amen. You have to realize that God isn't going to change for you. He isn't going to give you a little version of this just for you. He's going to give you the same version that's in this scripture. That's why the more I argued with it, the more I couldn't see it, I went back into the Bible and I saw, praise God, where this experience had happened. Now, I don't have the time today. And if you want to get into a Bible study, we are more than happy to help you to do that in this church. Because believe me, folks, there's plenty of scripture in there that supports what you and I are talking about right now. But you can go to the book of Acts, praise God. In the second chapter of the book of Acts, after they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, remember what I told you about the Pentecost in the Old Testament? It was a feast day. 
And there were hundreds of thousands of Jews in Jerusalem that day. And all of a sudden, some of them gathered around the upper room where this 120 people were. And they were praising and lifting up God. They were having a service there. And the Bible says they all, some of them came to their own conclusion. Now read this for yourself. Amen. They looked at them, and these guys weren't from the same side of town. These guys weren't even from the same countries. But they all came. And all of a sudden, they all heard in their own languages them telling them about how great God was. And some, I don't know where he got it from, but one guy just said, well, man, these guys look like they're drunk. And Peter spoke up. You can read this for yourself in verses 14 through 16. He was the clarifier that day. And he said three words. This is And if you know, you take nothing away from this message this morning. Pentecost is this, is that. This is Pentecost. And I'm not saying that we got a corner on the market and nobody else has any of this, any places in town. I'm going to tell you something. You won't go to another place in town where they emphasize it more than we do. And that is not some brag, folks. That is a fact. And that's why we can go back into the book of Acts, chapter number 2. You know, the remaining verses there, verses around 17 through 37, he begins to tell them about Peter. Or Peter begins to tell them about Jesus, who he was. And then finally, he makes the statement, he says, let all of the people of Israel know that this Jesus was the Lord. He was the guy. He was the one. And the Bible says because it had been a new thing, they just remembered. It was only 40 days before that, you know, or 50 days before that, that they had crucified him. Everybody in the town knew about that. Even people coming into the city knew about that. And that's why I'm telling you, folks, most of this world knows that Jesus died. Most of this world already has that understanding, praise God. Even through a traditional Easter service, people can understand that stuff. But this is something they had never seen before. This is something they, this was new. That this Jesus who did die, who did shed his blood, was only in the grave for three days and then he rose from the dead. And now we have his spirit in us. And that's why Peter said, this is that which was prophesied. Come on, you Israel, Israelite you scholars, you should know this. You should know what's going on here. And now you're seeing it right before your eyes. And the Bible says, I don't know how many of them, at least 3,000, the lights went on. And the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. What does that mean? Conviction. That means they knew they weren't perfect. Come on, sir, quit trying to hide it. Come on, ma'am, quit trying to put enough good clothes on that you're going to hide that goodness from God. You're not going to do that. And that's not me trying to put you on display. That's God. When he comes into the place, he uncovers it all. And that's what he does in our life. And believe me, folks, that's what the natural man doesn't like. The natural man doesn't like being exposed. And God doesn't expose us so that we can be embarrassed. He exposes us so that we will know. That's why I'm telling you, you already messed up. You came to one service, and now you'll never be the same again. You know how that works now. I was accused for years of following people around. People would come up to me after me after I preached a sermon like this and say, Who told you? How'd you find out? 
I don't do as much of that anymore. I'm a little more discreet. But the bottom line is, I said, you ever heard of God? You ever heard of Jesus? That's who does it. And listen to me, natural man. You're going to have to get comfortable with that. Because God is not going to quit exposing you or me. He is going to show us exactly who we are. But you know what the good thing is? Through the Spirit, it, 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 it discovers all things. Now He'll start showing you what you can become. Now He'll start showing you what you can do with His help. Now when you get that arrogance and pride and that jealousy and junk off of your back, you can begin to receive from the Lord and you can begin to do it His way. Come on, does anybody want to do that? Come on, lift up your hands right now. Let God, let God do something this Pentecost Sunday that He's never done before. Come on, Pentecostals. Come on, this is our day. This is our experience. In the name of Jesus, come on, lift up your hands. Quit being silent. Come on, quit sitting there like a mannequin and you begin to display the things of God mm, hallelujah hallelujah oh in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus praise God praise the name of the Lord Listen to me. Be seated for just a few more minutes. A few more minutes. I'm going to be a pastor for 30 seconds. Is that okay? Is that okay? Listen to me, you Pentecostals. I'm going to tell you something that it does irritate me, but I've learned how to hide it. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just trying to make a point. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost? You got the greatest thing on this side of heaven? And then you're going to let some bad mood, you're going to let some little disappointment this week, you're going to let some little something come into your life and keep you from lifting your hands towards heaven and giving grace and honor unto the Lord? Come on! Come on! You know that ain't right! Come on, folks. The Bible says you shall become witnesses. What does that mean? Does that mean you've got to go out and get nailed to a cross? No, it means, it, it means that you need to come into this place and get your stinking flesh nailed to the back of the wall and let your spirit out in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. That's what God wants. This idea that you think it's going to be everything's your way. My goodness. That stinks, folks. Okay, go back to evangelistic mode. There's a button back there. You want to push it? Yeah, go ahead. There you go. I had to for at least 30 seconds, folks, because I irritate myself when I do that. I get mad at myself when I do that. This idea of letting anything in this world keep what God has given me from coming out. Come on, folks. You're bigger than that. Come on, you should be. And this is not some personality. This is an experience. Yes. You are worthy, Lord. Come on, this is an experience. That woman at the well, I don't know how subdued she was, but you want to talk about having a complex? She had it. She had been married five times and it didn't work out. And now she just forgot about the institution of marriage and said, I'm just going to live with somebody. Right. Sounds like the world, doesn't it? 
But along comes Jesus, and he purposely made that trip through Samaria. He purposely made that trip so that he would find that woman at a particular time of the day where she was going to be there. And he came to her and he began to teach her a wonderful Bible study about how you got it all wrong. You're still stuck in the Old Testament. You're trying to worship God here when he's really over here when he's doing this. And he finally told that woman, he said, the time has come and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You're not going to be able to worship God in your body. You can't do that. You can go through all the gyrations you want, folks, but I'm going to tell you something. That don't impress God. But when you allow him to clean your soul and you get a clean conscience with that one, that's a byproduct of letting him clean your soul is that your conscience becomes clean and you begin to see the world not through perfected eyes. You and I are not in our perfected state, nor will we be yet, but we become back to our innocent state. We become like Adam and Eve were in the garden. We are innocent, praise God. That's how we begin to worship God. That's why the Bible or the word justification means just as if it never happened. That's where we're at. Adam and Eve were not perfect. They were innocent. It was when they began to make choices on their own. And now can you figure out what's going wrong in your life right now? Now can you figure out why your finances are such a shamble because you haven't let God be the Lord? Now can you find out why your job situation in your whole life is a shambles because he's, on, he's somewhere down the line? Oh, I know this is convicting. It is for me too. Because I'm going to tell you something. Pentecost is an experience that has never been meant to stop. Yes. And so when Peter was confronted with the question... He said, men and brethren, what should we do? He said, repent. Never forget that, folks. Repentance is not a bad thing. It's not putting you on shame street. It's not saying that you never did anything wrong. It's saying now you're doing something about what you did wrong. Yes. He said, repent and be baptized. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by full immersion, I am certainly encouraging you right now to do that. That is the biblical formula for baptism. Full immersion. In fact, that's what the word means. And so we have a baptismal here, and we would be glad to do that. Baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. That means your past is no longer a past. It is a memory that can actually fade. Yes. I can attest to that. After 40 some odd years, some of my memories are beginning to really fade. You want to know why? Because I went under the blood in Jesus' name. And then Peter said, and you shall. Not, well, I wonder if you'll get it or not. I wonder if, you know, if you'll spend six months, you know, you know uh, being perfectly good. Then No, he just said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the promise. Look at somebody and say, the promise. Come on, look at somebody else and say, the promise. Come on, the promise is for you unto your children, unto them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I'm here to tell you this Pentecost Sunday, 2022, God is still calling people. He is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm telling you, that's what he's doing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
And so let me let you in on a little secret here. There's no song that can bring you into this experience. It is just your positive belief in what God has done. I'm not saying the songs don't help. Believe me, I was a musician for years, and I played with some tremendously, tremendously talented musicians. Played with a guy from Green Bay, Wisconsin, that was able to play two trumpets at the same time. You talk, I'm serious. He could do it, and he could do it good. He had a band. I was in a band one time up in Platteville, Wisconsin, where I was part of the rhythm section. And he had a horn section. And we had a guy that came in that was a guest. He was a DJ. He wanted to see what we were all about. And they began to play a song. And they began to go out of that building. And they marched all the way around. It was a whole city block. They were playing out there, and we were playing inside. And I'm not exaggerating. When they walked into that back door, we were right on cue. It was amazing. I think we even amazed ourselves. But listen to me, folks. Talent don't do it. Talent ain't got it. It's people who will take talent, yes, and give it to God. And they will begin to yield to the Holy Ghost. People, simple people like you and me, who will take what the Lord has given us and give it back to the Lord. And you begin to see, like Jesus took five loaves and two fishes. Come on. Most conservative theologians feel that there was, yeah, 5,000 people there, men. But probably with the children and the wives, there had to be close to twelve to 15,000 people there. And Jesus was able to take what that little boy had and break it and feed that entire multitude. Now, what do you want God to begin to do for you? Are you willing to let him break it? Are you willing to let him have it and not you control? Come on, let's stand here today. I, I have got tons, tons more that I could, I could teach here. But I'm here to tell you, you got enough information here. Every one of you, even those of you online, you have enough information to make a decision here. Come on. Either you want God or you don't. That's not me putting you into a corner. That's God in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's begin to lift our hands again. Let's begin to say, God, I need your spirit. I need your way, praise God, in my life. Come on. Mm, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, he's here today. He's here today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, we could go on. A service like this can go a lot of different directions, and I'm not opposed to in any one of them. But right now, I'm telling you, I feel through the prayer room, God has given me direction. And I'll tell you what he wants to do is he wants to put a powerful witness in your life. Your life. He wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt... <laughs> He was there, and you know that. And so I'll tell you what's going to happen here. Amen. Amen. How many here need some type of a healing, physical, vanilla, whatever the case is? You got shame in your life? Come on. I'm, come on. If we'll be honest, praise God. Sin issues, whatever the case is you got. Let me see those hands. Come on, everybody. If you've got, uh, got a problem that you can't solve, okay, that's good. I should have said that the first time. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do here. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray, duh, but we're going to pray for that. And what I want you to do is I want you to lay hands on somebody right now. Everybody in the place, just be obedient. Go ahead and do that. And we're going to pray for one another. 
That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to believe that God is going to give you, without a shadow of a doubt, a witness here in this service, in Jesus' name, that he is real. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on. Have faith in God. That's, a, that's one of the first prerequisites. Have faith in God. Oh, I feel it. Come on, I'm telling you. In the name of Jesus, those of you that are online, you can join us. Right there in your home, you can do the same thing. Come on, lay hands. Lay hands on somebody. I'm going to tell you right now, in the name of Jesus, whatever that is, whatever that is, I pray that God go into that dimension. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Bashia. Oh, Baripakaha. Maya lavakombato. Stia lavakobabre. Gia yalamanda. Oh, Mastia yalavakobaha. Homa Homat Moriada Wow Moya Lavokoba Brita Stuyalamata Foyalabaka Foyalamata Oh Baribahaka Oh, Shahaya. Oh, that's good. That's good. You're doing great. Come on. There's so much faith in this place. Faith. Faith towards God. Faith towards God. That's what we're doing. Come on, I'm telling you, shame is going. It's going in Jesus' name. There is therefore now no more, no more condemnation. Condemnation is going in the name of Jesus. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you, there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing. He is the Almighty. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Oh. Baraitaka, Stia Yalamando Babri, Ya, Ya. Come on, come on, let's do it about 30 more seconds. Oh, Bashe, Yes, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to do something here for about 30 seconds. And again, you can do that. I'm not telling you you better or not. But I want you to experience something here today that maybe you haven't before. And what I want you to consider doing for 30 seconds is give God praise. I mean, lift up here your voice. Clap your hands. Come on. Give God praise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Ah, Yalaba Kohosha. Fiyalavato. Fiyalamando Barri. 
in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And I want you to know that still feels exhilarating after all of these years. Now, let me make a suggestion. Why don't you come into a service and start with that? Why don't you just do that? And I'm not finding fault, folks. I am just getting sick and tired of Pentecostals in the truest sense of the word, not the denomination, the experienced Pentecostals that got longer faces than a lot of the people I see in the world. Now, come on, I'm not telling you to plasp, you know, paste on a smile, but come on, realize what's in you. Realize what you got when you got the Holy Ghost. And don't let any circumstance or anybody take it away. Don't do that because you don't know how powerful, just as your prayer right now in the last three or four minutes was powerful. There was faith in this place. There was. Faith in what? Faith towards God. That's what it takes. You and I must have confidence and be comfortable with that kind of a move. And God wants to do this every time we come together. That's what he wants. He wants to completely come Completely restore you. Restore you to what? To the innocence that it never happened. Now that's going to take some time. And that's going to take some, some effort on your part to let him be the Lord. Because you'll never have that kind of an experience until he's in the driver's seat and he is the Lord of your life. And you guys that have come here today and you're still debating whether tongues is of the devil and all that business, I'm not here to, to argue with you. Go, I mean, but get into that word of God. Get into the book of Acts in particular. Go to the second chapter. Go to the eighth chapter. Go to the tenth chapter. Go to the nineteenth chapter. There's four places right there where they received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Come on, folks. I don't, what do you want, a hundred? Well, I don't know how many's in here. How many here have ever received the Holy Ghost with the evidence speaking in tongues? Well, go ahead and do a count. If you need 30 or 40, we got them. Come on, I don't know how many you need. And that's not me bashing you. That's me helping you to understand that God has made an offer to you that you really should not refuse. Amen. And the other question is, and I was going to preach about this one, this will be next time, is have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you? And go to the 19th chapter of the book of Acts and you're going to find there was about 12 of them guys that didn't. They'd never heard of it. And all of a sudden Paul asked them another question. How were you baptized? Well, John was a pretty good baptizer. Yes, he was, but that was for that time. Now you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And all 12 of them were obedient. And guess what? All 12 of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, there you go. If you need biblical proof, there's biblical proof. And so God wants to help you. God wants to help this year, Pentecost Sunday, become the beginning of an event that will last until the rapture or your death, and it will linger on for eternity in Jesus' name. I feel led to do this. Uh, if you're interested in growth, and I am, I want to grow. 
I am not even close to being there yet. And so God has helped me to understand I can come to church on Wednesday nights and I can grow. And so this month we have a good teacher, praise God. Carlos is teaching a Bible study on God's Word for life. And if you want to be a part of that, come Wednesday nights. It's just a good old-fashioned Bible study that just takes the Word off the page and tries to bring it into our lives in Jesus' name. On, on Thursday nights we began a marriage class. Oh, aren't you got the Holy Ghost, so aren't your marriages perfect? Sister Carnan, is our marriage perfect? Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> that's the first time today she's lied. No, our marriages aren't perfect. We're growing. Come on. You want your prayer life to grow? Come on Tuesday night from 7 to 8 o'clock. There's people here that are praying here. Come on. Once a month we do it on Saturday nights too. Wednesday nights, you know, Friday night, if you got problems with addictions, I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't have to just be drugs or alcohol. Praise God, you can come to this church on Friday nights. They have something called regeneration. I'm here to tell you, God has placed the Holy Ghost in this church so that we can effectively minister to the multitudes. That's what it's all about. And so come, come and partake of the things of God. And realize that God, amen, has given you a this is that. Would you bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I, gotta, I, I could go on. But Lord, you, you will. And I know you will. And I know that people are here. And my favorite prayer for you, God, is that we'll never be the same again. And I believe that. I really do. I believe that none of us can ever go on being the same because of what we've heard and felt in this place from you. And so, Lord, I pray for these. I pray for this flock. I pray for the, for the saints and the sheep, Lord God, that they'll continue to be nourished. I pray for the goat mentality that it'll continue to be shut down in the name of Jesus. And I come against all wolves in any, any form in Jesus' name that they will be persecuted, run off in the name of Jesus. And God, I give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. What do you say one more time? We clap our hands to the Lord. Lord, and then you can be dismissed. puts a woman in charge because me we win we'll we'll mess it up ladies meeting tonight ladies meeting tonight starting at 5 30 good fellowship good bible study good prayer lord bless you next sunday night we're going to have services here so you can come on sunday night everybody can so the lord bless you in jesus name everybody give it up for greek for jake would you do that yeah. He has become our new tech elite. And so I appreciate him. He is fixing everything through the help of God. And so thank you so much, bro. Appreciate it. God bless you. I know I kept you about 10 minutes long today, but the Lord bless you.